主啊，你说，你们来到我这边，我就让你的安息。主啊，你说，你们来到我这边，我就让你的安息。主啊，我们为着在你里面的生命，我们感谢赞美你。主啊，我们为着在你里面的生命，我们感谢赞美你。主
You haven't forgotten that, have you? That you're loved by God. And nothing can separate you from that love. Hallelujah. <laughs> Another reason for our to shout our hallelujah. It's a joy and a blessing for Isabel and Ben and I to be here among you brothers and sisters. Isabel, Ben, and I regret that we don't have more time for personal interaction. But I think there's time coming when time will not be a problem. Hopefully we will have all the time we need to fellowship with one another. Now we have to live with restrictions. Limitations. Now I noticed they put a very big clock at the back. No way, no way you can miss it. The problem is no one told me when the meeting is over. So I can just watch the clock. One hour? One hour. Yesterday morning, we began a time of fellowship about our Lord Jesus. In the first chapter of John's Gospel, we have recorded for us this event when John the Baptist identified who Jesus of Nazareth was. Now he identifies him as the Son of God. But he also identifies him as the Lamb of God. And as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I think if we were all given a test this morning, as to what our understanding is about these three identifications. Maybe we wouldn't do so good on this one, Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we would have a pretty good test score on the Son of God. And also as the Lamb of God. But how do you think you would do on this test about Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? In that first chapter in John's Gospel, there are two baptizers. We know quite a bit about the first one. And that was John the baptizer. But there's another baptizer in that chapter. It's Jesus the baptizer. Now the difference between John's baptism and the Lord Jesus and his baptism is that John baptized with water. But our Lord Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. So brothers and sisters, we are living in a very crucial time in history. Now I'm not the kind of person that is able to 
get a good perspective all the, of all that's happening in the world. And I happen to be living the last ten years in a place where my vision of the television and that kind of news has been greatly limited as well. But it seems to me, dear brothers and sisters, that most of the world is experiencing serious crisis right now. Some of it's political. Some of it's economic. Some of it's military. But almost every nation on the face of the earth is experiencing some kind of crisis. And it came to my mind this morning that here just a few miles away is the financial capital of the world. And what little bit of information I have would lead me to believe all you need is another strong wind and maybe the whole economic system in the United States would crumble. Now you know something similar to this happened in the 1930s. You know what some people did during that crisis? You know how they reacted to what happened? Some of them jumped out of the windows in the high-rise buildings in Manhattan. Because their life was wrapped up in something that would not keep them safe in this kind of situation. My dear brothers and sisters, God out of His great love has adequately supplied everything that you and I as His children need to be secure and to go through these crisis times. It seems to me that over the last hundred years, something very, very unfortunate has happened among us as believers. Have you heard of Azusa Street? It's located in Los Angeles, California. And a hundred years ago, there was us an event that happened there that in a sense gave birth to what we call the Pentecostal denomination. Now out of that birthing of that experience there were both positive and negative responses to what happened. And it seems to me that this opened a door for the enemy to come in and do something negative in the thinking of some of God's people. Now, just let me test you without you saying anything. Just recognize what your mind does when I speak these two words. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Second one, speaking in tongues. 
positive or negative reaction? Many of us have a very negative reaction. And even though we find it very solidly in the Word of God, and our Lord Jesus is the originator of this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when this experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit began initially, those hundred and twenty people who were on the receiving end spoke in a language that they never had learned. So it seems to me, brothers and sisters, something has happened to create this atmosphere where some of us are not as open as we need to be to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to His person, to His work, that He wants to do both in us individually and what He wants to do among us as the Lord Jesus. Let's be very clear. If we don't know how to receive the working of the Holy Spirit, we are left to ourselves to face any crisis that we may encounter. So it's a very simple question. How much do you know Him? How well do you know Him? Do you recognize His voice? Are you able to sense His registrations in your life? You see, this is why God in His great love Brothers and sisters, God's salvation is perfect in every sense of the word. There is nothing missing nothing lacking there is not one excuse that you and I can give that is legitimate that causes us to live on a life and at a level of life much lower than what we find in the word of God now the initial step of God's salvation was the sending of his son and I, I can't explain to you all the details of why our Lord Jesus had to be crucified. I think I have enough understanding to appreciate that there was no other way. How is God going to forgive your sin and my sin? How are we going to convince Him that He should forgive us? What have you done? That should cause him to respond to you and say, I forgive you. You're such a wonderful person. You've lived such a perfect life. And so you've made a few mistakes. And you want him to forgive and forget. Sorry, brothers and sisters, that's not reality. The reality is that every one of us in this place this morning has previously sinned against our God. And we deserve the greatest and greatest of His judgment. We don't deserve anything from Him except His judgment. By the sending of His Son through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus through His crucifixion 
God did something. For he can now say to the worst of sinners, You are forgiven. You are justified. It's just, just as if you had never committed any sin at all. Can you believe that? Hallelujah. You can say hallelujah too. I mean, whatever reason do we have to say hallelujah? Is there a greater one that you can stand before this holy, righteous God and He sees you as if you had never committed not one sin? That's what our Jesus accomplished. But our Jesus came he lived a perfect life. He was crucified. He was buried. He was raised. And he has ascended back to the Father. I have a question for you. How do you experience the reality of that? You can have the information. We have four Gospels. And they all record for us this event of our Lord Jesus. But is this all it is, just information? Is that all it is? Then how do we experience it? There's only one way. Only one way. Only one way. The Holy Spirit has to take the reality of that and come and make it available to us. He has to work in us to do something that we cannot do in ourselves. Even if you have all the information, if you have memorized all of the four Gospels, then you can very accurately reply, re, repeat what you find there. That will not bring the salvation of God to you. It is only the Holy Spirit. Now let's remember. It's the Father and the Son working in perfect harmony. That they decided in their great wisdom the Holy Spirit had to be sent. In order for there to be an experience of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Brothers and sisters, there is no option. He has been sent here by the Father and by the Son for the specific purpose of bringing you and I into a full, rich, overflowing experience of what our Lord Jesus accomplished on that cross. And I believe that among us as non-Catholics, believers in the Lord Jesus, something very unfortunate has happened. Our minds have been affected in a negative way about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters that we met with. And when I did, it created problems. Now, this happened to be in a Baptist church. It could have been in any kind of church Methodist, 
So it created a problem. So the deacons asked for a meeting with me. I had a pretty good idea what the meeting was going to be about. So they asked for a deacon, a meeting. And they came and, and I shared my experience and shared what I understood from the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, this is what they said to me. Ernie, we know it's in the Bible. But it ain't Baptist. And what's wrong with that? What choice do you have? If it's clearly in the Word of God, but a denomination of God's people don't believe it, what are you going to do? Which one are you going to submit to? The Baptist or the Bible? I chose to go the Bible. Because brothers and sisters, this is only one small example. kind of things that have happened among us as God's That in many ways have given us a negative understanding. And a negative feeling toward the blessed Holy Spirit. May I put it this way? I think that the blessed Holy Spirit has gotten a lot of bad publicity. And some of us have been on the receiving end of that bad publicity. And it's created something in our thinking that the Word of God needs to get in there and change the way we think. Now just think with me for a moment. If the Father and the Son got together and out of their perfect wisdom they decided the best thing to do was to send the blessed Holy Spirit. What should our response be to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that's not usually what happens. Now let's be honest, is it? It's not what happens. So we have had a lot of fear that has come in among us because there are some people who claim that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you swing on chandeliers and roll on the floor. And the Holy Spirit gets the blame for this action. Now, brothers and sisters, I think some of us have been so dried out for so long. The, our experience of the Holy Spirit has been so small, so minimal. That when somehow our hearts get open to Him, and He has a greater freedom to work in our lives, and all these wonderful things begin to happen, how do you react? Well, some people shut. Swing on the chandelier. Some people roll on the floor. But don't blame the Holy Spirit for that. Let me try to illustrate. Isabel and I have a seven-year-old son. 
He has more energy than ten boys ought to have. And he's a very, you know, he's got some Brazilian blood in him, so he's very excitable. So let's suppose that I go on a trip and I come back home. And in the meantime, I've been listening to what Ben has been desiring to have as some kind of gift. So I go, when I'm on this trip, I, I'm looking for this special gift for Ben. And so I look and I, I diligently, and then finally I find what I think is to be the perfect gift. So I go home, Benjamin comes, he gives me a brasso and bejo, a hug and a kiss. I said, now dad, what did you bring? So I take out the gift, I give it to him, and he unwraps it. And he gets so excited, he jumps up and down, he rolls on the floor, he does all these exciting things. Now, why did he react that way? The gift made him react that way? He reacted out of his emotions to the gift that was given to him. Now sometimes, because we've been so dried out for so long, we know very, very little of the joy that is to be ours. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and hallelujah joy. Hallelujah. Sometimes when this joy floods into our hearts, it causes us to react in very unusual ways. Hopefully we don't react in ways that are dishonoring to our lives. So brothers and sisters, let's try to maintain our understanding of the distinction between receiving the Holy Spirit and some people's reaction. You know how some brothers have responded to being filled with the Holy Spirit? One tear coming down. That's more acceptable to us, huh? Than somebody rolling on the floor. But let's be clear. People's reaction and the working of the Holy Spirit can sometimes be different. Now I needed to say that, I believe, this morning so that we can open our hearts and receive some wonderful, wonderful teaching from our Lord Jesus. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. This has been a sovereign decision made in the Godhead. So our Lord Jesus is not only the Lamb of God. That is, God wants to remove all the negative effects of sin in our life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, when that's finished, is that the end? Don't you need something else? Then just forgiveness? Push, 
Now there's many aspects of that we can't go into this morning. But he takes away the sin. But here you are, the sin is gone. And you're standing there empty. What do you need? You need to be filled. And that's why our Lord Jesus had been placed in the position of being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you with every fiber of my being, we need to know Him. We need to know our Lord Jesus as the Lamb of God. But we also need to know Him as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. It was after He was exalted back to the Father's right hand. Peter helps us understand in Acts chapter 2 that as the Lord and the Christ, as the Messiah, what did He do? He poured forth the Holy Spirit. Now please, for this morning at least, let's not get in a controversy about this. Controversy. Argument. Okay. Let's not allow ourselves to go down. What I feel like would be good for us to do is to look at what our Lord Jesus says in John 14, 15, and 16. Now we can't, we can't fellowship about all three of those chapters. Even though it would be of great value. But there are five places in these three chapters well, the Lord Jesus says some most wonderful things about the Holy Spirit. And here's what's in my heart, my dear brothers and sisters. That somehow the truth of what our Lord Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit will penetrate our hearts and penetrate our minds so that our false and wrong ideas about the Holy Spirit will be driven out and we'll be free to believe the truth as we find it in the Word of God. So let's go to John 15. John 14. Now you know 130? Is that right? 1230. Sorry, I looked the wrong way. You know, beginning in the 13th chapter of John's Gospel, our Lord Jesus spends a lot of time with these 12 disciples. Now, originally there were 12, but it ended up with 11 because Judas left. But you remember how they were having the Passover meal together. And during this Passover meal, our Lord Jesus washed the feet of these 12 disciples. And this is one of the ways that he demonstrated his great love. He took the position of a lowly servant. Brothers and sisters, you cannot wash feet standing up. Unless the person lays down and puts their feet up in the air. 
You have to get on your knees. And these men were laying on the floor. They were sitting around a table like we see in a picture. They were laying down. And they were laying on each other. John was laying right here on the Lord. So they were laying there. Their feet were all the way down here. And our Lord Jesus gets that basin and that towel. And he proceeds to wash the dirty feet of twelve men. And what are these twelve men doing while he's washing their feet? They are arguing about who is going to be the greatest. Who is going to be number one? And he shows them what it means to be number one. By humbling himself as low as he could humble himself. And washed the feet of those twelve men. And then when he finished, he rejoined them at the table. Simply said to them, You have seen what I have done for you. I have washed your feet. I'm your master and I'm your Lord. I'm your master and your teacher. I washed your feet. Now I want you to wash my feet. Is that what he said? Probably most of them said, Okay, Lord, no problem. But when Peter had to wash whose feet might he have a problem? Matthew's feet. Or who else was he arguing with about who's going to be the great? But this is what our Lord Jesus did. He demonstrated it. And then he commanded it. This is a commandment. A new commandment. Not an option. Not a good idea. But my commandment. Now, our blessed Lord, with his perfect wisdom and understanding, knew that these men could not fulfill. So he tried to prepare them for this great event. Jesus pouring out the Holy Spirit. And it seems to me that in these passages in John 14, 15, and 16, this is the Lord's mercy and grace to these men to prepare them to receive what is going to happen on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is going to be 50 days from this event of washing feet. But these men needed to be prepared. And I believe that one of the very important things that our Lord Jesus did was to give them adequate truth about the Holy Spirit. So let's see how far we can get. Let's look in chapter 14. Because you know in verse thir- uh, chapter 13, uh, he says in verse 33, Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews also, now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Now please, try to understand the humanity of these twelve men. 
They had left their homes, left their families, left their jobs, and for more than three years, what have they been doing? Been following the Lord Jesus all over different areas. And they witnessed him performing miracles, heard him say many things, and he said many things to them. Now put yourself in their place. For more than three years, they've been with him. As far as we can tell, at least as far as I can see, they left their homes and came and lived. They lived. Okay. Now here, almost like out of nowhere, what does the Lord say to them? Going to see you later. I'm leaving. Huh? And what happened? Sorrow filled their heart. Now, we're not told exactly why the sorrow came, but I think we can guess. But nonetheless, our Lord Jesus responded to this situation by telling them the truth about what He and the Father were planning to do. You know, in one place He says, It's to your advantage that I go away. How many of those disciples do you think believed that? I don't think they believed it at all. It's going to be to your advantage that I go away. He's going to show them some of the great advantages of him going and him sending someone else. So, so we don't run over on the time. Let's look in John 14. This is the first thing our Lord Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Dear brothers and sisters, please, let the Word of God do its work in our hearts and minds this morning. So that we don't leave here this morning with any negative attitude about the blessed Holy Spirit. Verse 16. Jesus is speaking. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him, because He abides with you and will be in you. Now let's notice first of all the name our Lord Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Son of God has a name. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. But his name is Jesus. Well, it seems to me our Lord Jesus gave the third person of Godhead a name. Now, it doesn't appear usually in our translation. But when it says there in uh, the beginning of verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Comforter. Another 
another helper. That's, that's my translation. But in the original, in the Greek, the word our Lord Jesus spoke was, He will give you Elon Paracleton. Now this is not a time to learn Greek, okay? And I am the the most disqualified here this morning to teach anybody Greek. But Elon Paracleton, to me, is a good name for the Holy Spirit. Now, why do you think he needs to have a name? Because we tend to depersonalize him. He is an it, a power, influence, but we don't think of him as a person. And I think to to make to help make it clear to us that the Lord Jesus is talking about a person. And we discover he is a person. He is a divine person. He is God. He is just as much as God is as the Son is and the Father are. 100% God. And he has a name. His name is Elon. Now maybe I don't know if this would be helpful for you or not. But for those of you who are interested, let's say this a couple of times so that we at least learn how to pronounce. Elon. Pericleton. Now, the problem with us is what does it mean for him to be Pericleton? This is the main thing we need to understand. Now basically in the original language, it means someone who is called alongside you to help you in every and any situation. Now, brothers and sisters, simple question. If the crisis arrives, it looks like it is coming. You're going to need some help? You think you can make it through on your own? Or you need someone to help? You need some help? This is him. Another helper. It's the best word I've discovered. I know some of the English translations say comforter. But brothers and sisters, we have experiences where we don't need comfort. We need some strength. We need some wisdom. We need some understanding. We don't need somebody to come and say, Oh, you've got a fever, I'm going to make you feel better, and put a cold cloth on your head. Now, he helps in those kind of times too. But if in our minds we only think that he works in those situations, we don't even consider that when we're going through other experiences, that he's there to help. So he is the paracleton. I wish we had time. I'm going to encourage you. Go to Second Corinthians chapter one. Not, not now. Okay, my strategy. Later. You understand Portuguese, right? I can say my strategy. Okay. Afterwards, this afternoon. Okay. You go and read Second Corinthians chapter first. I think eight or nine verses. 
You know what you discover there? When Paul talks about God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercy. The God of all comfort. Guess what the word is? What is the word for comfort in 2 Corinthians 1? The foundation is Paracletos. 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 He is the God of all help. And I think if you'll read it carefully, maybe another word to uh, to use to help us understand the Holy Spirit. He is an encourager. You ever get discouraged? You get discouraged? You never get discouraged. Well, if you never get discouraged, I want to know your secret. I, I have difficulty getting through one day without being discouraged. But hallelujah. The Lord has sent an encourager. <laughs> now you don't need an encourager if you're not discouraged. Do you know him as the encourager? Now I don't want to exaggerate. But brothers and sisters, there's not one situation that you and I can experience that the Holy Spirit is not prepared to help us to encourage us. But if we're ignorant of this, and we don't know this. This is not something that's real in our heart and in our mind. But what will we do? We'll try to just push our way through. I'll try to do it on my own. You know, I've discovered both in the United States and Brazil. We have the same saying. God helps those who help themselves. Now maybe you brothers and sisters from Asia don't never use that. Probably you do though, right? The idea is you do, you do the best you can do. <laughs> and when you get to the end of your resources, and you let the Spirit help, you ask for help. Oh, brothers and sisters. We're not living in the full reality of what is available to us. So, Elon Paracleto has been sent by the Father and the Son to help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you in every and any situation. There is no exception. Let me say this to you. He knows everything about everything. He knows everything about everything. He is the all-wise God. And if we will learn how to be led by Him, which is our identify, being identified as sons of God, if we learn to be led by Him, He will lead us in paths of wisdom. To make the right decisions in all of these situations. So, brothers and sisters, it's a blessed thing that the Father and the Son has done to send us somebody 
who can help us in our everyday life and situation. Sorry, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Now, the other word our Lord Jesus used is also important for us to understand. He's Elon Pericleto. Another helper. But the word our Lord Jesus uses there helps us to understand what our Lord was saying was he's going to be another one just like me. <laughs> That's why he could say to them you don't need to be upset. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. God, we're going to send you somebody who is just like me Help you in the same ways that I've helped you while I've been here. And so he's going to be another one just like me. So brothers and sisters, we don't have to be concerned that somehow the Holy Spirit will lead us one direction or Jesus will lead us another. He is submitted totally to the will of the Father and the Son. He does nothing of his own initiative. Even though he's God, he doesn't take the initiative. He functions in the same way our Lord Jesus did. Remember the Lord Jesus said, I never say anything unless I first hear my Father say I never do anything unless I see my Father doing it. Now the Holy Spirit is the same way. This is why you and I need to know Him. And this is exactly what our Lord Jesus says. Look at the end of verse uh, 17. The world cannot receive Him because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know Him. <laughs> now you can't know an influence. You can't know an it. You can only know a person. Because this knowing is something of a mutual interaction. And so the Lord Jesus says, you shall know him. Why? Because he's with you. And he's in you. He's talking here. Because the Lord is saying, I'm going to be leaving. I'm not going to be with you. My presence will not be here. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of Truth, He will be with you forever. He will be with you in every and any situation. And so He tells us here, He will be with you, His presence will be with you, but something even more wonderful. Where else will he be? Where else? You need to be clear about this, my brothers and sisters. Who has come to live inside of you? Sure, he brought the life of Christ. But it's none other than God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit who's come to take up residence within you. And so this matter of being filled with him, to me it's a very simple matter. Now I said to the brothers and sisters yesterday, there's a difference between being simple and easy. 
For him to be able to invade the entirety of our lives. Very simple. Not easy. Our dear brother Dana. His mom wrote a song a number of years ago. What, 40 years ago? Every key. Have you sung it here for the brothers and sisters? It's a wonderful little course. I, I don't want to elevate people. But our dear Ruth Congdon, during toward the end of her life, the Lord gave her some very, very precious, meaningful, and helpful little courses. Now I'm going to try if I can remember. Dana will help me if I forget. But this little course says every key. Every key to my heart. Enter in. Cleanse from sin. Fill with love and power. Prayerfully. I give to thee. Brothers and sisters, this is a secret. It's a very simple thing. Are you giving the Holy Spirit free access and full access to every part of your life? Have you taken all the keys? <coughs> which you have locked doors and you have handed them over to the Lord and the Lord has said here Holy Spirit you, you now go unlock those areas could we be honest with ourselves this morning aren't there things in your life that you wish were not there don't you wish there were some things removed that you're embarrassed about. How about attitudes? About some brothers and sisters? Don't you think they would be removed? Have you given the Holy Spirit the key? To come in? And expose those? And let him help you. Take the truth of God's word. And renew your mind. This is is that difficult, It may be difficult. But it's easy thing to do. I mean it's a simple thing to do. So brothers and sisters, this is what the Holy Spirit has been sent to do. Great salvation our Lord Jesus accomplished. And make it real and practical in every area of our lives. So my appeal to us this morning is don't refer to the Holy Spirit as an if, an it. An influence. He's a real person. And our Lord Jesus tells us we can know him. Because he's there with you. He's taking up residence inside. Now wouldn't it be unusual? If there was somebody living in your house and you didn't know them. You didn't know they were there. You never acknowledge them. You ignore them. Somehow you have a room off in the corner. 
所在一个房间里。He's he's assigned that place. 他就住在那个角落里。Oh, brothers and sisters, 弟兄姊妹们。Practicality. Practically, this is what we have done with him. We have assigned him to a certain place in our life. We have assigned him to a certain place in our life. We have assigned him to a certain place in our life. We have assigned him to a certain place in our life. We have assigned him to a certain place in our life. This is why we're not experiencing what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, Elon Pericleto. Elon Pericleto. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know him. Because he will be. With us, and in us, can I encourage you as my dear brother and sister? Starting today, twelve nineteen. What's the day? What's the date? Today is what? The first, second, October second. Starting now. Starting right now. You say to him, the one living inside of you. Please forgive me that I've ignored you all of this time. But beginning today, I want to get to know you. I want to be able to recognize your voice. I want to, I want to be able to sense your registration. I want you to help me when I read this Bible. I want you to help me love my brothers and sisters. And be obedient to my Lord. You will find. If you're serious, you're not playing religious games. You will find. He will give you opportunity for this to become reality. The end of chapter fourteen, verse twenty-five. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. 就是父因我的名所要差来的圣灵，他要将一切的事指教你们，并且叫你们想起我对你们说的一切话。Amen. Is this what you desire? Is this what you need? You need somebody to teach you how to walk, how to live in a way that's pleasing to your Father. You need a helper. Good news, brothers and sisters. He's living inside of you, and he's right alongside of you. He's there to help you and to teach you all things. Our Lord is not exaggerating. He teaches us all things. Now isn't it true, brothers and sisters, that many times we restrict him? He's only interested in teaching us about super spiritual things. He's not interested in teaching me how to be a good husband, or how to be a good wife, or how to be a good parent, or how to be good children, or. All of these other responsibilities. How to be a good employee? Is he able to teach you? Isn't that what the Word of God says? But what if you're ignoring him? You're not paying attention to him. You're just doing it on your own. I think it's foolishness on our part. 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 
that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. What do you understand, my brothers and sisters? Is the greatest thing that can happen in your life as one of God's children. What is the most important thing in your life? I would suggest to us that we go and read Philippians chapter 3. And I, and I think we can learn from this man, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. You know what he said? I'm willing to take everything and throw it on the garbage heap for one reason. Why? That I may know him. Now the Holy Spirit has been sent to testify to us the truth about our Lord Jesus. And this truth that He gives us brings us into a knowing of Him. So brothers and sisters, you see again, the Lord hasn't just left us to our own. He sent someone you know, in Romans chapter 8. Oh, I had to be so careful, but you know this Roman letter. <coughs> it's a marvelous, marvelous letter. But you notice from Romans chapter three, I mean from the first uh, seven chapters in Romans. Paul only mentions the Holy Spirit two times. Romans five five. And Romans seven six. I think. But when he gets to chapter eight. How many times? Anybody count them? Eighteen times. Eighteen times. Here's the sense I have in my heart. Paul has been laying this foundation. He's reading somewhere. He, he wants to help us understand God's salvation includes this experiencing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, brothers and sisters, to me the word of God testifies in this direction again and again and again. And we have been so foolish that we haven't been more diligent about searching the scripture, learning how to know the Holy Spirit, because he's only going to bring us into a fuller knowing of our blessed Lord Jesus, which is life. This is eternal life. And our blessed Holy Spirit has been sent to make this reality. Now chapter uh, 16. Uh, where shall we begin? Verse 7. Chapter 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, Paracleton, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, I want to read verse 8 
责备自己。Now we don't have time to fellowship about this. 我们今天没有时间来交通这个。But the blessed Holy Spirit. 但是这我们的圣灵。Because he is God. 因为他是神之子。He holds a standard. 他有一个标准。He's the one who knows what sin is. 他知道什么是罪。He knows the. He knows what righteousness is. 他知道什么是公义。He knows that the ruler of this world has been judged. 他知道在这个世界的这一位的审判。他可以在我们身上工作。That this becomes a reality in us. 这就在我们身上成为实际。We can know what sin is. 我们就认识什么是罪。Not because we read it in the Bible. 不是我们在圣经里读的。Or sometimes he uses the Bible to convey that to us, to communicate that to us. 他有的时候用圣经来对我们说这样的话。But we learn, my brothers and sisters, that we are sensitive to the indwelling Holy Spirit. If we are sensitive to the indwelling Holy Spirit, He will register in your heart. 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 He will register Uh, he functions like a traffic light. He sometimes is like a traffic light. When you when you go there,、uh, you, you see a, a red light. You see a red light. What does that mean? Put on the brakes and stop. He says, "Stop. Don't slow down. 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 Well, something like that happens inside of us that we know, we come to know without anybody telling us what is sin and what is not. It's the working of Elon Pericleton. Elon Pericleton is working in our hearts. So let's go down to verse twelve because we've got two minutes. Verse twelve. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. 我还有好些事要告诉你们，但你们现在担当不了，只等真理的圣灵来了，他要引导你们明白一切的真理。For He will not speak of His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak and will disclose to you what is to come. 因为他不是凭自己说的，乃是把所听见的都说出来。Brothers and sisters, this is another ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is 圣灵另外一个职事 As the as the Spirit of Truth, 它就是真理的圣灵 Because four times in these chapters, 因为在这个里面四次提到 the Lord refers to Him as the Helper. 主说他是这个帮助你的人 And four times He refers to Him as the Spirit of Truth. 或者说保惠师，或者是呃这个真理的圣灵 So as the Spirit of Truth, 作为真理的圣灵 What is He What is He going to do? 他在那边做什么 If we learn to follow him, if we learn to be led by him, where is he going to lead us? What does our Lord Jesus say? Into all truth. And what does our Lord Jesus tell us in John chapter eight? What will the truth do in our lives, my brothers and sisters? It will set us free. Now you see, this is not an easy thing for us to acknowledge. But we are in bondage because we believe things that are not true. We are in bondage because we believe things that are not true. We are in bondage because we believe things that are not 
to one place. To truth. So this is why we need to know him. Now our Lord goes on to say, He will glorify me. And I've heard arguments about this. He will only glorify the Lord Jesus. We need, we need to be careful we don't get focused on the Holy Spirit. But brothers and sisters, without the Holy Spirit, there's no way that we can see and experience our Lord Jesus. And what is glorifying the Lord Jesus? Our Lord says He will take of mine and disclose it to you. That's what brings glory to our Lord Jesus. His heart overflows with joy. When some when his children, his blood brought children, here on earth, experience in a fuller measure. An understanding, a revelation of who he is. And then that revelation changes who we are. Oh brothers and sisters. I hope that you will never ever ever allow yourself to have a negative thought about the Holy Spirit. Try to get rid of all this negative stuff that has been fed to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you not to be influenced by what you have observed that other people do. Now I'm talking about the negative things that some of God's children have done. Because sometimes what the Holy Spirit has been given responsibility for, He's not responsible for. So brothers and sisters, I just simply want to close by asking you, could we have anything better? Could God give us anything of greater value? Our Lord Jesus is there at the Father's right hand. And here we are in Queens, New York. And we're facing all of these situations. I mean, we've only mentioned a couple, but everywhere, brothers and sisters. We feel like we're in a wine press. From every side. What are you going to do? Throw up your hands and quit? Need to do that. The Father and the Son have sent someone to help us. And if we will humble ourselves, put ourselves in that place, we are willing to receive by faith what our Father and our Lord has sent to us. You know, this is a big problem for us as God's children. We haven't learned to be good receivers. Our pride, our arrogance, our self-sufficiency, it gets in the way of receiving all that God has. So let me give you my illustration. I'm four minutes over, but this illustration hopefully will be a short one. Have you ever seen a nest of baby birds? Only a few days old. Okay, and so they're in this nest, and mom and dad are out someplace hunting for some, some little worm, okay? And so mom comes and she's stuffed up there on the tree, and the little babies, they hear her. I don't know if she 
has a way of communicating with them or not. But they hear her. And they know it's mom. Or dad. And they got something wonderful to eat. How do they respond? What do they do on You want to illustrate for me? Huh? I'll illustrate. You know what the baby birds do? They're good receivers. Oh, brothers and sisters, would to God, it could be that simple for us, to receive with much thanksgiving, but to receive, because I don't care who you are, how long you've been walking with the Lord, how much you know your Bible, the fact is, you need someone to help you, and he has been sent, he's here, he needs to be acknowledged by us. He needs to be given the freedom to sovereignly work. I promise you, my dear brothers, on the basis of God's word, if you will do that for the next year, every day of your life when you get up, you acknowledge him for who he is. He is Elon Pericletos. He has been sent here by the Father and the Son to help you in every situation. And you say to him, you are free to invade my life. We have a, a dear friend in Brazil who has a nice home on a lake. I said the last illustration was the last, but this is the last. Okay? Because this brother has this beautiful home on, on this lake. And he invited us to come and stay there. Now he doesn't speak much English, but he likes to practice his English. Okay? So anyhow, we arrive at his place. He's standing there on the sidewalk waiting to greet us. And so he wants to practice his English. And he says to Ernie and Isabel and Make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. That's all. Could we say that to him? Could we say this to Alan Pericles? Make yourself at home. You are free to go into any and every room. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, our hearts rejoice greatly this morning to know that you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Lord, please forgive us for any negative and wrong thoughts we have had about you as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Cleanse our thinking of anything that would interfere with us experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to know Him. We want to recognize that He's with us and in us. We want to learn how to be led by Him. To walk by Him. To let Him produce the character of Yourself in us. So Lord, we humble ourselves before You this morning. And say to You, Lord, We want to learn how to be good receivers. So 
help us. Give us greater clarity about the things that will need to be done in order for the Blessed Holy Spirit to have full access to all of our lives. Lord, hear our cry. Be merciful to us. In your name. Amen.